Chapter 6, College Continued Between semesters and during the summer, I worked at a local golf course as part of their course maintenance team. Throughout my time there, I had much-needed structure in terms of working hours. For the most part, my hours were 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. on weekdays, with an additional partial workday on the weekends. Working at the golf course with a bunch of guys brought with it a lot of pranks, like throwing new workers into the lakes on the property, and even putting a dead fish in our manager's truck to bake in the sun. This banter and behavior were a short respite from the long, hot, and sweaty summer days of mowing greens, tree and flower planting, and raking bunkers. However, my negative behavior outside of summer work continued down the path of no return, with some nights including trips to the bar and showing up at work the following day hungover. I did not think twice about what I was doing to myself. I wanted to be cool and fit in, and so I continued. Sometimes, when all of us had the weekend off, we would venture out to Windsor, Canada to drink and party, picking up as many girls as we could. Canada made this all the easier, since we were still underage in the States, and their laws were different. After a long night out in Canada, we all returned home sleep-deprived and hungover. When we arrived home, I turned back around to drive two hours to meet up with a girl I wanted to see. Not thinking clearly, I drove to her place and thankfully arrived without incident. During the drive home, however, I was struggling to stay awake, finding myself dozing off while driving. At one point, I was in the right lane of the highway and fell asleep for one second too long. My car sped off the highway and hit the guardrail, continuing on to slam into a cement barricade, totaling my car. Again, you would think this was the much-needed event, a sign to knock some sense into me, but no such luck here. When school was back in session, I was picking up a studying strategy. I found that I was taking the lead more on class projects and even becoming annoyed when other students in a group project did not carry their own weight. I was transforming into a real student here. I opened up communication with professors when I knew my grade would suffer on a group project. I did not want others to earn a good grade when they barely contributed or were missing from study sessions altogether. I was also picking up that I was not able to just sit and study or do homework for hours on end. I was operating at peak levels when I would alternate between 30 to 60 minutes of study and then 30 to 60 minutes of break time. This was part of my mental makeup that I think helped propel me and helped me remember the information I was taking in. I was able to focus more and complete assignments outside of the classroom, and this was definitely a positive. A particular experience is standing out to me as I write this. I was taking a consumer behavior summer class during this high-performance window. There was an upcoming exam that I completely prepared for and felt confident about. I went to class on exam day as confident as a student could feel. Before the exam papers were passed out, the professor asked if there were any questions. 
One student raised their hand and asked if the class could take an oral exam, where random students would be called upon and quizzed. Individual points could be tallied into a pool for the class grade, and incorrect answers would take points away from the pool. This idea was put up for a blind vote, either keep the individually graded paper exam or switch to a class-wide oral exam. I wanted to continue as scheduled, especially because I studied for this. We were instructed to stay in the classroom if we had voted for an oral exam and to move next door if we wanted a paper version of the exam. I turned out to be the only one who voted for a paper exam because I did not want the other students to ride my coattails in an oral exam since I was prepared. Alternatively, I did not want to earn the same grade as the other students had they not answered the questions correctly. Slowly but surely, one student followed, and then another. A handful of students trickled over into the other room with me, ready to take the paper exam for an individual grade. Perhaps they knew that the class overall would not be able to ace the test without me being there to carry them. Eventually, though, we were told to return to the rest of the group because it was determined we were all taking the written exam after all. This was the first time that I remember where I took control of a situation, believed in myself, and led by example for a positive outcome, and it felt so, so good. Meanwhile, my toxic behavior and partying continued after class and through the weekend between shifts on the golf course. In fact, I took this behavior on a study abroad trip to Italy, beginning with abundant alcohol the entire duration of the plane ride to Italy. Myself and a small group of other students were drinking so much that we finished off a whole in-flight galley kitchen supply and started helping ourselves to what we could find in the plane, much to the flight attendant's dismay. I thought it was a great time. We were making memories together, and this was the one time ever where we could consume as much alcohol as we wanted without paying for it. Back at home, my habit of drinking bled over into driving myself to the next party or to the next bar to pick up girls. This headspace clouded my judgment immensely, forcing me to completely ignore common sense. This ultimately led to narrowly escaping a driving under the influence, DUI, after leaving a nightclub one night. It was during this low point in my personal life when a normal Saturday night routine included drinking, driving to a bar, drinking even more, and then trying to drive home. I was pulled over once for not having my headlights on, even though I had just pulled out of the parking lot and flipped them on in the middle of my left-hand turn, just as the highway patrolman was driving by. When I saw those flashing lights in my rearview mirror, I knew this was it. I was caught. After I admitted to having a couple of drinks, I was asked to step out of the car and participate in a few sobriety tests which I failed horribly. The officer asked if I had been arrested before, and I said no as they guided me to turn around and place my hands on the hood of the car as he searched me for weapons. He informed me that I was being arrested for driving under the influence and handcuffed me. This was a sobering wake-up call for me, 
but only related to the act of drinking and driving. My desire to drink, party, and pick up girls would continue. I even drank before my final presentation as a senior in my retail marketing class, during which I would present to a group consisting of a local small business owner, class professor, department dean, and city business officials. Luckily, I gave the best presentation of my life that day and really saved myself a ton of trouble. I was the team lead of 30 students for this presentation, and we earned an A for the course. This behavior, even after the DUI, reinforced the message for me that I could subconsciously perform well, even presenting in front of large groups immediately after consuming alcohol. This was the point I realized that being the center of attention helped me to thrive. The drinking, at least, was a cover for my introvertedness and anxiety, which at the time I did not want to believe was true. I felt that the alcohol was making me feel good and took away the pressure, whether it was presenting, being friendly with others, and even striking up a conversation with a girl I did not know. It also allowed me to fit in easily with classmates, and it made me a master at telling jokes and getting a laugh. Not everything about college was fun and games for me. Another roommate situation arose during my time at Youngstown that I now regard as a very traumatic experience. One of my roommates owned a handgun, despite campus roles being a no-carry zone. Up until then, I had never seen a firearm in person, so this was a complete shock on so many levels. He would pull it out and point it at things in our apartment like he was going to shoot. This freaked me out because I was not really a gun person and knew he was breaking some strict campus and dorm policies. Plus, I never knew if it was loaded or not, so the danger level was immense. Incidents like this happened a lot, so I eventually contacted management and told them about my situation. To my dismay, they did nothing. So, by the time I passed my roommate in the hallway later that day, he had already found out that I had reported him. He told me that we would talk about this later when he was finished with his classes that day, which I took as a threat, especially knowing that he had been involved in physical altercations with other students he had problems with in the past. Football playing brother and some teammates in tow. Pair that with knowing about his gun and I went to the university police immediately in fear for my life. Starting then, I had a police escort to and from my classes and for any other movements on campus. I moved out of the shared apartment and into an undisclosed hotel for a time while the university held a hearing and concluded that his threat was real and swiftly kicked him out of his apartment and out of all on-campus activities outside of attending classes. After he was removed from campus, the university randomly placed me in apartments around campus until graduation, sometimes with weekly moves. The whole ordeal was traumatic, and the added stress of packing up and moving just added fuel to the fire. My anxiety flourished and my stress skyrocketed, and living in a constant state of anxiety was normal. Add into that paranoia, because I was always looking over my shoulder in constant fear that he would return and find me. Despite all of this, 
And even with blowing my entire freshman year with no effort in class, I was still able to earn a 3.34 grade point average, GPA, which was something I did not even achieve in high school. This after shifting my major from accounting to criminal justice and finally selecting marketing was a huge accomplishment for me. For a period of time, I was so stuck on criminal justice that I had the ambition of following through and advancing on to law school. I quickly learned through poor results on the standardized entrance exam, the law school admission test, LSAT, that this was not something in the cards for me. At the time, I was devastated, but I was resilient in moving on to something I was better suited for and was proud of myself for not giving up on my dream to finish college. At the time of graduation, I did not have internship experience or really any outside experience in marketing to support my degree. I think this made my job search that much more challenging. I was so focused on partying that I did not even think about exploring real-world experience to set myself up for success in the future outside of the college life bubble. Cue the added anxiety and stress here as I attempted to begin my professional life. 